so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series on Disney XD. This is episode number eight for the episode Gathering Forces. My name is Matt, your co-host for the show. And, of course, let me bring in the host and creator of the Rebels podcast, Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? How you doing? Uh, Mid-season finale. Mid-season, yeah. This is it, yeah. Uh, this is it until January. So, yeah. uh, exciting episode. Uh, great, oh, yeah. great cap to to the first half of the season. Uh, and, and, uh, just sort of an excellent, the two-parter aspect of it is, is just fantastic uh, i think i saw somebody post on either on our facebook page or our group or maybe they they tweeted at us that it's ridiculous that this wasn't a uh, that they i think it might have been a tweet um mm -hmm. maybe it was one of the other maybe it was rebels report or something like that that, that tweeted um that it's ridiculous that they're not airing this two-parter on abc mm-hmm Along with the uh, the teaser the the teaser trailer for, uh, for the Force Awakens, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would be the perfect way oh, to uh, to get people to check out Rebels and so that everybody could see uh, uh, the trailer. But uh, but anyway, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We need to get into the news. <laughs> no, I I I'd say too, man. It's a great way to cap off this this year's worth of, of rebels yeah. a great show we're going to talk about that in a second but before that just a couple items of news a small rebel force has penetrated the shield you are part of the rebel alliance and a traitor several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies rebel base in range you rebel scum You you just said it earlier. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is returning January fifth. Yeah. Uh, so so we do have that mid season. Uh, you know half the half the um, series and, and we're taking a break and it's all the way till January. So we got a little bit of little bit of break there. So uh, but it, it a nice way to 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 finish this year. And you kind of called, you know, we're, they're taking this long break. And I'm sure we're yeah. probably going to do what we did with the beginning. We're just going to go right from January on through. What do you think? I think so, yeah, because yeah. uh, we kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago. But if they, uh, if, if, if they do go straight through, that means that we'll finish up uh, probably about, like, uh, February, beginning yeah. of March. And then mm -hmm. it'll be a couple of weeks with no... 
Rebels, probably no news, no nothing, uh, but a lot of teases for stuff at Star Wars Celebration. And then I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see maybe the first episode or at least some clips Mm -hmm. from the first episode of Season 2 at Star Wars Celebration. Um, And and as I, I predicted earlier in the season... Uh, I anticipate seeing Rebels come back in 2015 around May or June uh, for season two and season two being another 16 episodes mm-hmm. and, uh, and and taking about the same amount of time, <clears throat> same break sort of structure and then another another longer break and then season three showing up sometime around maybe December or January around following Star Wars uh, Episode 7 The Force Awakens. Right, right. Okay. So so that's interesting because uh, the next piece of news mm-hmm. is a kind of a rumor but it's from Slash Film and um, they've been right on a, on a few things but they posted a, an article which says that uh, Star Wars Rebels could possibly only go three or four seasons because they are planning a new animated series set yeah. in the sequel trilogy time frame. So, uh, like I said, three or four seasons, which, I don't know, it seems kind of short to me uh, to, to, to stop it there and then get into a, a sequel trilogy. But um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, we know that they have an endpoint planned for rebels uh, unlike mm-hmm. the clone wars which i'm sure that they knew what, how they were going to end clone wars had they gotten the opportunity to actually you know get that get that heads up beforehand mm-hmm. um with enough time to, to actually complete that um but i uh, but we know that that rebels has sort of like a beginning middle and end where we're very much in the beginning we're seeing stuff uh laid down in this first a uh, uh, few episodes up until this point, up until Gathering Forces, that I think are going to the sort of seeds that will be reaped uh, uh, come season two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think four seasons is 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 probably pretty accurate. I think I've said it before. Five seasons right, would, prob- would yeah. probably be perfect. Um, I that makes me happy. Actually, I like it when a series can have a very clear endpoint to work towards um i i I think that that it it allows for stronger storytelling when you know okay this is where we're gonna end so Mm -hmm. it's it's less of the filler stuff and it's more of uh moving the story forward Mm -hmm. so so i i think that's fantastic i mean i i would be absolutely happy with a solid three seasons of rebels over you know, eight seasons where they don't know where they're going, what they're doing. Right. Right. Like I'd much rather have them have a clear idea of what that is. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, that rumor is very vague and, uh, and, and it sounds like it's, uh, it's sort of half heard information. Um, and my guess would be that some characters from rebels would make their way over to right. said, sequel trilogy era animated series um so i i think that that even um the idea that rebels would finish uh it's it, that's a little bit of a of a silly notion because we know that star wars never finishes right? right uh there's always more stories to tell there's always holes to fill there's always all of this 
extra information to delve into and uh, and the idea that rebels could finish and then we never hear from these characters again that that's just silly to me so uh, mm-hmm. i think i think uh, we may get a a cap to this part of the story uh, and then I, I mean i've i think i've said this before on the show as well which is that uh, the show that rebels will go for a couple of seasons and then all of a sudden we'll will time jump and we'll be in the sequel era or we'll be in between episode six and episode seven and we'll catch up with our characters from mm-hmm. rebels whoever's still around um maybe the whole cast maybe part of the cast and uh, and and see what they did after the fall of the empire or uh, or more in a, in a more contemporary time with episode seven right so mm-hmm. i think that that that's a that's a logical place to take it i think um I think they had to go and start Rebels in the time period that they did because the story was not final for Episode 7. I think that now that the story is finalized for Episode 7, I mean, they're finished filming, right? So uh, maybe there might be some pickups or something like that that happens at some point. But mm-hmm. but principal photography is finished, which means that that. J.J. Abrams knows the story. Kathleen Kennedy knows the story. I would not be surprised if Dave Filoni knows the story. He might not know every single detail, but I wouldn't be surprised if he knows what's happening along with everybody else in the story group because they're working on they're working on tie-ins, right? They're working on books and comics and all that sort of stuff that's getting ramped up for next this time next year, right? right? All that stuff is going to start coming fast. Uh, and uh, and I think people are going to get a little bit of whiplash from episode seven mm-hmm. uh, news and info starting pretty quick. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, beginning with uh, with this this teaser trailer that we're getting soon. So I, yeah. I don't know that we'll see a lot from the actual movie, but we will get a lot of things tying into the movie. So so I don't know. I think I think that that's what we have to look forward to is is a world where that that part of the story is out there and it's public and uh, and then Dave Filoni and and the crew at Lucasfilm Animation can start playing in that sandbox right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but for now we're uh, we're firmly in uh, uh, a new hope classic trilogy original trilogy era <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I'm 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 pretty happy with where we're at at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. I think this is what leads a little bit um, more credence to, like you said, is we have this this story group now that's in charge of everything. So I'm <laughs> sure that they had like a clear vision of, hey, let's do, we're going to do this animated show and let's do this many episodes or season. Let's tell this story. And, uh, and like you said, they have a clear path on where they're going to go. So I think this tends to have a little more weight than than uh, some of the other rumors. And hey, you mentioned it. We got to we got to we got to talk about it real quick before we hit the recap. Yeah, we're getting a trailer. I mean, by the time you guys probably hear this episode, you may have seen it or it may just be coming out on Friday. Uh, the 88 second trailer for The Force Awakens is coming out this Friday, Mike. So if you're near one of those uh, cities that have a uh, have a theater, uh, there's a few in uh, 
you know, all the big cities. It seems like it's just all the major, major cities, at least in the States. I don't know. You guys have anything in, in uh, Canada? Uh, we do. There is okay. one one theater doing uh, doing the promotion in, in Vancouver. It's actually in, in sort of a suburb called Richmond. Uh, and, uh, and I believe there's a theater in Toronto as well that, mm, that's going to okay. be doing this. And this episode, this oh, episode Vancouver, will, definitely, yeah, yeah. will definitely hit before that trailer comes out on Friday. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, you just head to starwars.com. It's right there at the top of there. Uh, like it's the first, the first news mm-hmm. piece thing. You click on that and it'll give you the full list right. of cities. Uh, and as far as I understand, it's all weekend, right? Like it's, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or is it just Friday? I thought it was just, um, I thought it was, you know, at least, a few days as far as i know yeah i think it's friday saturday sunday like it's the whole weekend mm-hmm. um which points towards i think that that it'll probably get released online on monday but they're not going to say that because they want people to go to theaters right um but it, i i believe it's friday saturday sunday and uh, and i believe it doesn't matter what movie you go to it's the the 88 seconds will play before every single Everything. movie in those right. theaters so you right. just go see whatever you need to go see so like I, my wife and i need to go see the new hunger games movie uh and uh, and i'm glad that we put it off and we didn't see it on opening weekend because that means that we will go and see it this friday and uh, and enjoy that 88 seconds of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when I get there to the theater, I'm gonna ask them and say, if at all possible, play it at the beginning. That's when you got to do it. Play it, you know, whatever. It's the first trailer. If it's after the other trailers, whatever. Play it when you need to play it. But if you could do me a favor, just play it after the movie once as well so that I can see it twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> either that or I'm going to be like, can I just pop into another theater with that as oh, a yeah. movie starting right now so that I can just watch that Star Wars trailer again and then leave? I would really appreciate that. I'm yeah. sure that my wife will be aggravated all the heck. Uh, Crystal <laughs> will not be too keen on that idea, but... Shh, don't tell her. She she doesn't listen to the podcast. She won't know until then. She, yeah, she won't know until too late. Yeah. yeah, I just hope that uh, I, I, none of these theaters are anywhere close to me. I was hoping Sacramento would have something, mm. but they don't. So I'm going to be one of the guys that are scouring YouTube or just hoping that um, they yeah. put this online some somehow or some way. Otherwise, it's going to be tough to hear everybody talking about it and hitting. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to be able to see it. So hopefully, it'll hit. Well, that you know that there. camera on the iPhone six is oh, uh, it's fantastic. It's a, I it's, tell a, you. it's a great camera. Yes. So I'm sure that I'm sure that someone somewhere will manage to get some pretty decent video of it. Uh, I I would never do such a thing because <laughs> no. that involves me not looking directly at the screen with my yeah. eyes, like yeah. 100% focused on it. But right. I'm sure that somebody who has the time to go watch it in one movie and then go to another movie so that they can film it will will make sure, you know, like Friday, it's going to be hard, I think, to make it to Friday night for a lot of people without seeing something. Mm. Right. I think I think that that Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds uh, around one o'clock are going to start popping up with 
pictures of stormtroopers and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon, right? Like, I, I think that they, 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 it's going to be really hard to avoid all weekend. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think you'll have too much to worry about. Obviously, it won't be the optimal situation for people who aren't in those cities. And, and let me be absolutely 100% clear. I'm not happy with Lucasfilm and the decision that they've made with this. I am very fortunate to be in one of the cities that does yeah. get to see this. Right. So I'm, I'm excited about it and, and I'm looking forward to it. But it, there is like it's a bittersweet thing because I know that I will get to sit in a theater and watch it. But so many Star Wars fans all over the world will not. And I know that pain because for the first probably three hours of that news being out there, that that Regal Cinemas, because at first it was just Regal Cinemas that was going to be showing these clips, or or this this trailer. Um, and there was no news of Canada, and I I tweeted our local, or not local, but the our 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 uh, national theater chain up here, Cineplex, I mm-hmm. uh, and said, hey are you guys doing the star Wars trailer? Like, is, are, are you guys going to be showing it in your theaters? And their Twitter account got back to me within 15 minutes. And was like, no, we won't. And so I was resigned. Right. I was like, Oh, okay. Well then I guess I just got to wait and see it online. You know, whenever it happens, mm-hmm. I, and then the news came out later that day that, that in fact I would be able to, um, but Canada is a big country and uh, and to only have two theaters across the entire country <laughs> yeah. that are allowing people to see this trailer. I think that that it's it's a it's a slap in the face and I think it's a slap in the face to a lot of Star Wars fans that like it's one thing to be like only one theater in your city, right? Like you got to go you got to go specifically to this theater. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I get that. It's like there that's a that's a that makes it special right like that makes it a big deal they're like oh it's just this weekend and it's just at these specific theaters check with your local thing and and like i get it in major cities right not not every single city is going to be able to do something like that but i mean sacramento i mean you guys are the you guys are the the capital of your state yeah, right? right so yeah. you would yeah. think you would think i'm sure you have some nice theaters there oh yeah um but you know, it just it just feels like it's really insulting to Star Wars fans that that it be so absolutely exclusive. Because I and I hate that word. I hate the word exclusive. Like I hate it when people do exclusive things because the key to that word is that you are excluding people. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that we've learned, I think uh, you and I, Matt, over the years of doing this podcast, is that you can't. You can't be a part of the fan community if you're exclusive, right? You have to <laughs> yeah. be inclusive. And in the in the age of the internet, I think even more so, uh, to to say only these cities get get this 88 second sneak peek at the movie. I it, it just kind of it rubs me the wrong way. That mm-hmm. said, I do expect it to be up online. Uh, officially from Lucasfilm by Monday, right? Like Monday morning, we'll all be sitting at our desks, and uh, and, yeah. and they'll they'll break the internet with that, right? But <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. The other part of it is that I I find it very funny that they after Episode One, uh, around the time that Episode One was gearing up with all of its marketing, everybody was saying, "Oh, 
it'll never be as big as it was with episode one ever again. It'll never get there ever again. Well, you know what? It is. It, it's yeah. there, if if not bigger. Um, because 88 seconds is not a lot. It's less than a minute and a half. And right. I, I mean, the, the Jurassic World trailer came out today. It is, it clocks in at, I think, 210. And there's not a heck of a lot in that trailer. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I love. I that's That makes me happy because it's just enough to get us amped about it but 88 seconds is not a lot of movie uh when when you consider the greater scheme of things and people are losing their minds Mm -hmm. that this is happening and that that they're gonna get to see some star wars so when those action figures show up and walmart and target and toys r us have their huge displays showing off all of the the new star wars figures uh there will be midnight openings there will be ridiculousness i guarantee it right now it's gonna happen like this is gonna be just as big as as episode one um if not bigger because there's no jar jar binks to worry about (laughs) that we know of so yeah yeah i know i I, that's the only thing it's just so the select city thing and it's like yeah you know somebody's gonna be going in there and and videoing this and it's gonna get out there so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what the uh, it's, it's a little frustrating, but, well, yeah, but big, even though it is, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see yeah, it. So. The biggest uh, thing about Lucasfilm that always bugs me is that they're very slow to react. They don't, uh, they, they never pivot, right? Which is sort of like a, a, a business term where uh, when uh, when the market changes, you got to you gotta change your, your approach. And Lucasfilm doesn't do that. They, uh, they, they are a juggernaut. They just move forward with whatever their plan was. I, I sort of, I, I, whatever the consequences of that are. Um, what you saw with Jurassic World, that trailer wasn't supposed to be out until Thursday. And that trailer has been rumored for about three weeks now. That like, oh, we're going to be getting that Jurassic World trailer anytime now, anytime, anytime. Last mm-hmm. week they put out a teaser for the teaser, right? Yeah. And then uh, it was supposed to be out Thursday. There's countdowns all over the internet. All the Jurassic Park fan sites are like counting down to the trailer on Thursday morning. And then what did Universal do? They're like, oh, Star Wars is doing their trailer on Friday. Then we need to react to <laughs> that situation, out, yeah. put it out today. And I'm sure that it was like it would have been out sooner, but they had to come back to work on Monday and make that decision. So they came back and they went, do we put it up right now? And they went, no, let's just put it up tomorrow morning at nine o'clock and everybody can see it. And that's that. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, And we'll have a couple of days before Star Wars blows up the Internet um, yeah. and, and nothing else is news in, in the world of movies. So. Yeah. So you had that, and you had the new Peter Pan movie uh, both release their trailers today in advance of, like, you know, in anticipation, yeah. I should say, of Star Wars just completely overrunning Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and every single one of those websites. But it's a good yeah. time to be a geek. That's for, <laughs> yeah. that's for darn definitely. sure. Definitely, yeah. Everybody's getting re- getting uh, staying away from that Friday, this Friday, man. Get yeah. your stuff out quick. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for Friday, though. So... I guess with that, let's uh, let's finish up this uh, first half of the Rebels. You ready, Mike? Yeah. All right. Jedi Master Luminata and Julie has been in prison somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Use the Force. Ezra, 
Your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right, Mike, here we go with Gathering Forces. After their Empire Day sabotage and rescue of Sibo, an Imperial data clerk in possession of the greatest, our Empire's greatest secrets, the Inquisitor continues his pursuit of the Ghost crew. Sibo, who struggles to remain lucid, claims to know the fate of Ezra's parents. Ezra angrily demands answers and refuses to forgive the Rodian for standing by while the Empire destroyed his family. Unable to stop the ghost, the Inquisitor tries an alternative plan. He launches a tracking device onto the rebel ship and confirms that its signal is live. Now, surrounding on all sides and with Chopper injured, the ghost is running out of time. Finally, Sibo casually enters the cockpit and signals hyperspace, uh, hyperspace coordinates directly onto the ship. The ghost makes the jump to light speed and to safety. So we start off, Mike, we're right in the middle like we did, like we finished last week. We jump right back into the action and the Inquisitor, man, he is, he is showing that he's a good pilot. He's all over the ghost. He's got this squad behind him. And, and you know what's funny is part of me is, is wondering or almost like wishing, oh, should, should that be Vader, you know, following the ghost right now, doing his thing in the TIE advance? But, but, you know, even though I love Vader and I would like, I'd love to see that, I, I can see him in that spot. I'm really loving what they're doing with the Inquisitor. Uh, I'm really enjoying uh, seeing his, uh, you know, character being fleshed out, especially in this episode. There's some good stuff with him and, and actually even better stuff with Ezra. But uh, just that first part of me, just like, oh, man, it could have been Vader in there, Mac. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's uh, he, he's growing into a very good villain. Um, he's very he's. I mean, there's a lot of similarities to Vader, right? There's a lot oh, of yeah. similarities to Dooku. They're all evil, dark side, sort of, uh, uh, you know, sly, clever villains, right? But um, but the Inquisitor kind of has has this air to him that's a little bit unique and mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. And I think a lot of that is, uh, is Jason Isaacs and mm-hmm. the voice. Right. Um, I, I think it's informed by that a lot. Um, and, and a lot of the decisions in the animation are, are definitely informed by that vocal performance. And that's what really makes the character for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if it weren't for that, if it were not Jason Isaacs, I don't know that I would like this character as much because he just, he always manages <laughs> to just like kind of drip evil with oh, every yeah. word that he says, right? Like right. he's such a good villain. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I've been loving everything that they've done with Tie Fighters so far in this series, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's almost like. Uh, what we would love is is if Darth Vader was chasing the Millennium Falcon. That's what we would all love, right? Right. And if you know the if the if Luke's X-wing could dock with the Millennium Falcon, so that they always had both ships with them, but characters could all be on the Millennium Falcon hanging out, and 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 when you start thinking about like all these things, it's like, but that's pretty much just what they're doing, right? They're just mm-hmm. doing it with all of these like proxy characters, 
sort of like these really close to to the original trilogy concepts but also unique in their own right so uh we do basically get darth vader chasing you know uh uh Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia in the Millennium Falcon, and Luke's X-wing at the same time, and uh, and and them pulling off the, this crazy stuff that they're going to pull off in a second. Yeah. But uh, but we get it in this new unique way with with a, a new ship, and uh, and new Tie Fighters and all that sort of stuff, which I think just makes it that much cooler because it, it's. You know, it could just be more of of the Star Wars that we know, but instead it's new Star Wars. And so that, I don't know, that kind of just makes it that much better for me. So, mm-hmm. Well, like you said, the Inquisitor, he's, you're talking about how his, his character is, he's, he's, he's smart enough and he's good enough to know, at least in this scene, that he's, he's kind of not outgunned, but he's not going to, he's not going to outfly the ghost. Yeah. And he can, he can recognize that. So he's able to do that and... And that's when he shoots off the tracker, which I thought was kind of cool. And then, uh, of course, I forget to realize that Hera has no idea of what's going on because she was on the ship. So uh, during this scene, she kind of is updated on, hey, this is Sibo. He's got tons of vital information that the Empire is after. And uh, just that scene towards the end of this particular part here mm-hmm. where the... Uh, as just before they go into hyperspace, you see, uh, a, a, I don't know, it seemed like there was, what, uh, 10, 12 ties just coming, coming on one side, and you see the two Star Destroyers uh, closing in from the front. It's like, okay, that, that's, that's, that's our Star Wars right there before it hits life, uh, hyperspace. So yeah. just some really, really good visuals and a uh, cool way to kick off uh, this, this episode. Uh, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> Uh, sorry, I was looking at the trivia gallery. <laughs> uh, on the Star Destroyer Relentless, Admiral Cassius Constantine updates the Inquisitor. The tracking device, new technology that can trace through hyperspace, is working. Meanwhile, Kanan asks Ezra to be honest with himself and his feelings about Sibo. He'll never become a Jedi if he can't be honest. But the Padawan is stubborn and angry with Sibo. Sabine believes that Sibo volunteered for his Imperial implants and stole them as a way to atone for past sins. Discussion about the Empire triggers data in Sibo's implants. He projects an image of the XX23S thread tracer, the device that the Inquisitor attached to the Ghost. Chopper, now up and running, scans the ship and confirms it's tracking them, transmitting from the Phantom. Kanan has a plan. He and Ezra will detach the Phantom mid-light speed and take the tracker to Fort Anaxis. So they did tag us. Yes, but the good news is the tracer's actually on the hull of the Phantom. How is that good news, exactly? It'll allow us to detach the Phantom and lure the Imperials away from the Ghost and Sibo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You want to detach while in hyperspace? Do you know how incredibly dangerous that is? Not as dangerous as what I plan to do with the ship. Can't wait to hear this. I checked our current trajectory. If you can modify the hyperspace coordinates... I could. Then we can pass by the asteroid field where the old clone base is. You mean the base with the nasties who live in the shadows? Wait, what? Why would we want to go down there? He's right, Kanan. Why not just drop the Phantom into our trail and let the Imperials chase after their tracker? Because there's more than a tracker at work here. Back on Lothal, I sensed it. The Inquisitor is on our trail, and as long as Ezra and I are on board the Ghost, we're jeopardizing Sibo's escape. So I gotta leave the Ghost and go to this nasty-filled asteroid as a favor to Sibo. 
That's a favor to all of us. And don't worry, I'll be right beside you. So I'm like, here's a. Uh, I kind of like this too because. Kanan and he's he's able to sense and we see this from the Inquisitor they kind of sense each other right mm -hmm. uh, and they've done this I think I think they've done this before and they actually do it again so uh, these guys are playing this cat and mouse game and it's really cool and Kanan has a definite plan and, and still Ezra we talked about how he was he's kind of a teenager and he's he's got that angst to him and he's got some of that that raw just emotion sometimes where he just lets it out and he's having a, a hard time forgiving Sibo, uh, even though Sibo's trying to help him out as much as he can, he's got plans and he's, he knows the Empire's tactics and he's really a big help right now. Uh, he's getting him out of light hyperspace, he's showing him what the tracker is and what it can do, but he's still having a, a hard time uh, you know, forgiving Sibo or, or whatever, because he still doesn't know what's going on with his parents, and we'll get to that mm -hmm. in, in a few minutes. But I just, I just had to say I like the fact that uh, they're showing this connection with the force uh, between the Inquisitor and Kanan, and then uh, Ezra's gonna sense it uh, a little later too, but uh, anything on this, Mike, before we hit, keep going? Uh, no, I mean, just I, 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 nice to see them acknowledging sort of the force connection there. Uh, mm. it's, it's very similar to that idea that I, when Vader is, is about to shoot down Luke, he, he's like, oh, the force is strong with this one, right? They can. Right they can sense one another right so so it would make sense that the inquisitor would be able to to follow them regardless mm -hmm. uh, whether he had the tracker or not so um i, I just i i the 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 idea to, to fall out of hyperspace detach while in hyperspace yeah. i was like oh this this, this doesn't sound fun. like it's gonna go well <laughs> and they even say even even Hera's like uh, it's probably not a good idea, uh, yeah. but hey, this is this is a Jedi here, or close to a Jedi Knight, so we'll but see that what is, happens. That is uh, much like uh, in um, in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. This is what makes Dave Filoni such a great uh, sort of uh, uh, showrunner, executive producer, supervising director of 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 a Star Wars property is that he knows Star Wars so well that he knows what you can and can't do and when to break some rules, right? So it's it's a lot like um, the idea that I, I, you remember back, I think it's in season two of The Clone Wars, they have that the, the stealth ship mm -hmm. that has a cloaking device. Right. And he got right out in front of that and was like, yeah, I know what you guys are all going to say. No ship that small could have a cloaking device. But that's because, you know, people don't know about ships that are top secret ships that are that small with a cloaking device. Right. So it's like it's that ability to break the rules uh, when I uh, when it calls for it, when it makes it makes for an interesting story. So, you know, this is something that I think most of us Star Wars fans would be like, well, if you detached the Phantom during hyperspace, it would tear the thing to shreds right like it would just if it doesn't have a hyperdrive you it, it, that wouldn't work they just it just wouldn't work it, it that's not how hyperspace travel works and here we say like no it's possible yeah. <laughs> you know and so <laughs> yeah. it makes some for some really cool drama and for some like sort of unexpected adventure um and uh, and i don't know I, I like that i like it when our expectations can get 
sort of uh, uh, circumvented, and then it opens up the world a little bit more because now we know, oh, you <clears throat> could drop out of hyperspace, right? Right? right. Like you, you could you could drop something like uh, I. Uh, you know, sort of uh, ditch some cargo or something like mm-hmm. that out of hyperspace, and uh, and and now we know what it looks like, which is very cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I like I wrote that down. That's the first time we've seen, uh, I get, not just a ship, but like you said, anything uh, kind of come out of hyperspace without, uh, you know, not on its own, but yeah. uh, on a different, you know, detaching or whatever. It's just like, oh, okay, that was crazy, cool. And and, and just before I go on too. Just before this, there was a scene where they showed the Inquisitor walking the bridge of a Star Destroyer, and immediately you think of the Vader walk, and he had the, kind of like the yeah. same movements and the same camera pans. It's it kind of cool, a nice little tribute there. Uh, before they leave, Sabine explores Ezra, or implores Ezra to have faith that his parents are alive and to talk to Sibo. Ezra refuses. Finally, the Phantom detaches from the ghosts, spinning into space. Kanan gains control of the fighter, and they head for the asteroid base. The Inquisitor senses movement in the Force, and the tracking device confirms it. After landing at Fort Anaxis, Kanan sends Ezra into the Fearnock hangar to make some new friends as a retest of his ability to reach out through the Force and connect with other living things. The Jedi then finds the tracker and tosses it away from the ship. The Inquisitor senses movement in the Force, and the uh, and a tracking device confirms it. Ezra is blocked, unable to let go of a deep fear, and the vicious fear knocks close in. Kanan joins him, talking him through his fear. Finally, Ezra admits that he's afraid of the truth. The message reaches Sibo. Aboard the ghost, he stands, accepting Ezra's apology and offering his own. Ezra has made a connection with the Force, and Kanan is stunned. The fear knocks sit calmly, at one with the Padawan. One with the Force. 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 was Mike I mean you see him and the camera pan around as the fear knocks are blinking and just staring at Ezra and Kanan all sitting in a row ready for their uh, instructions mm-hmm. and just a really cool scene right there really cool visual and and here's the thing like here's Ezra saying he's afraid and and you know geez I mean talk about lessons in the force I mean that's one of the first things you learn is, is fear and all that and here he is afraid and to me it sounds like he's afraid of knowing or afraid of finding out what happened to his parents is that kind of what you were getting from that or, or something else um well I don't we don't have a lot of details about exactly what happened with his parents yet right so right. I I think I think for Ezra 
he came to terms with this a long time ago and now it's opening old wounds and he has to sort of revisit what what happened uh, when he was a kid and then obviously he was very young so I think uh, he's afraid that you know he's afraid of finding out they're dead maybe and he yeah and, you know like he wants to know but he doesn't want to know so that yeah. was, it was but like it, it was one thing for him to go well they're gone and they're never coming back mm-hmm. it's another thing I think for him to find out and uh, know they're still out there mm-hmm. and you know they've been out there this whole time and he can't do anything about it right, right? so I, I don't know I think that there's a lot of aspects like that that are all sort of contributing to this fear um, I think it's a fear of helplessness I think it's a fear of being abandoned um, I think it's one of the reasons why he was reluctant to join the group in the first place is that he he didn't want to get attached because if he got attached then it's just more people that could leave him mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what that, that's the moment in, in Spark of Rebellion when he does get left behind when Zeb doesn't rescue him right and you know they close the the door and take off uh, and he thinks like oh here it is it's happened again like the, I can't trust anybody but myself right so it's that I think it's a lot of things it's not any one fear it's just mm-hmm. uh, sort of his attachment to his fear Mm-hmm. That, that is the problem, right? And and it's and I think it's going to be a big problem for Ezra. I yeah. think the fact that yeah. he is this old and he's just beginning his training, it's one thing for Luke, who lived a relatively, I think, probably sheltered life. I mean, he, he definitely had oh, hardships yeah. with Tusken Raiders and and whatnot. I uh, living living on Tatooine, but I do think like he had two, I uh, I. Uh, you know, uh, uh, parents basically, uh, uh, adoptive parents, right? His uncle, his aunt and uncle, they they did care about him and take care of him and raise him. Um, so, I think for Luke, it, it was uh, fear was a different situation, right? It wasn't until he was confronted with Vader and Obi Wan's death that he really began to have something to fear. But mm-hmm. with Ezra, he's grown up afraid. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a very difficult thing for him to overcome, right? Yeah. Well, and, and too, like, he, like we were saying about him connecting, you know, he had, he had started that lesson earlier with the cat. And, yeah. uh, you know, look how fast, I mean, he's, he's picking up on this stuff. I mean, just, you know, I'm not sure the time frame, but hours, mid later, maybe he's already picking up on this stuff, showing how, how gifted this kid is. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah, and oh, here's the other thing I was gonna ask too. So he's connecting somehow. Sibo is connecting with him, and again, I'm going, well, what the heck is going on? I mean, that yeah. can't be the Force. So is he connecting with that um, thing around his head, kind of like Lobot used to do with 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 Lando and his uh, little arm no, thing? I, mean, I, what the I heck? do think I do think that that Ezra was using the Force. He was calling out to him. In the force, but I don't. The thing with Ezra is that I think a lot of his powers, a lot of his abilities are latent, and he doesn't understand them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how they work, right? So they just kind of happen. 
and uh, and so I don't think that it was intentional. He wasn't trying to call out right. with the no, force. No, no. Right. It just happened. How does Sibo right? hear? Because he has the thing around his head. His, that no, thing, I think I think I think that that other people are able to receive messages through the force. I think hmm. I just think that you like you need to be a Jedi in order to tap into that because everybody's okay. connected to it, right? Um, I think right. I think that a Je- that two Jedi could probably communicate that way, right, right back and forth. But but Sibo just kind of he can, gets this he can take it in, echo. but he just can't do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that makes sense. There you go. Answer another question for me, Mike. That's why you're here. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, Hera makes a rendezvous with the mysterious Fulcrum. Uh, sorry, this is where we are, right? Yeah, with yeah. the mysterious fulcrum. Mm-hmm. She delivers Sibo and his data into secure hands. But first, the Rodian says he knows the fate of Ezra's parents. Hera says she will deliver his information to Ezra. So, one really important thing. Mm-hmm. That that ship may look like the Tantive Four, but it is not the Tantive Four. It's a, it's a different ship. Um the 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 trivia thing on starwars.com for the episode says that it's not the Tantive four so mm-hmm. uh, i i think i think one of the key differences would be if I, i'm i hope i'm right on this I, i'd have to actually cross-reference it but this ship that we see in this episode had one red ring or not red i think they were blue in the actual episode right um painted mm-hmm. ring around one of the thrusters i think the tantive four right. has four right um i think that that's kind of one of the the like x-wings that that i have like luke's x-wing has five um five stripes on it right because he's red five so it's a i think it's that sort of thing um yeah it looks uh yeah it only has one blue stripe so um maybe this is the tentative one or something like that but the <laughs> yeah. way it's, it says right here uh the the blockade runner seen in this episode is not the tentative four seen in droids in distress hmm. so that means that right. fulcrum is not bail organa okay right okay so okay, I, I i think that we can pretty definitively say that 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 fulcrum is not bail um mm-hmm. but that fulcrum is is in fact somebody else so right um who who fulcrum is we still don't know i thought we might actually get that answer this episode i, I thought too, that they yeah. might reveal it but yeah especially with this scene you know like yeah she's meeting with fulcrum she's handing over Seba to fulcrum yeah. and she see, he even says uh fulcrum and his quote-unquote people so immediately i'm thinking whoa yeah. is this some sort of kind of alliance thing going on here what are we doing here <laughs> yeah and uh and Sibo knows the Bridgers, which is the parents, he knows the fate, but we never get it. So, like we talked about last week, Mike Filoni, man, he's he throws that stuff out there, but he never gives you all the answers, and we're going to still wait for those answers about... Yeah. Uh, unless, unless you have any clues, we'll talk about that at the very end. Uh, let's uh, continue, Mike. On Fort Anaxis, the Empire arrives. Emerging from an Imperial shuttle is the Inquisitor, flanked by a squad of stormtroopers. The Inquisitor wants them to contain, uh, wants them to be contained and taken alive. Kanan and Ezra are ready and waiting. However, through the Force, they send the Fearnox to attack the oncoming Imperials. While the creatures successfully engage the troopers, they are no match for the Inquisitor. Lightsabers ignite, and Kanan duels the Empire's Jedi Hunter. They speak few words, trading strikes. 
but a hateful force push slams Kanan backwards into debris, knocking him unconscious. Ezra tries to defend his master, but struggles to convey power over or confidence. The Inquisitor grabs Kanan's lightsaber and stalks forward menacingly. He toys with the Padawan, forcing him towards the edge of a cliff. The anger rises inside Ezra. Get back, he barks. The Inquisitor eggs him on and plainly informs the boy that his master and everyone he loves will die. Ezra reaches deep within himself, deep with, uh, with it, deep into the dark side of the Force. A massive fear knock emerges from below, and the Inquisitor retreats at this display of power. Kanan wakes in time to see what is happening and is concerned for his apprentice. Ezra unleashes the beast and it attacks the Inquisitor. It knocks away Kanan's lightsaber and in the resulting battle, and Ezra collapses from the dangerous connection. Is nothing in the face of true power. You're not going near it. I believe I am. In fact, it's time to end both Jedi and Padawan. Cool. Your devotion to your master is admirable, but it will not save you. Nothing can. Get back! Ah, yes. <laughs> I will teach you what your master could not. You don't have anything to teach me. The darkness is too strong for you, Orphan. It is swallowing you up, even now. No! Your master will die. No! Your friends will die, and everything you hoped for will be lost. This is the way the story ends. Um, there's a few moments that I watch TVs and movies and whatever and and you hear the term like chill inducing scenes or whatever mm-hmm. and and as you're listening to that it happens again I mean the visuals combined with the music and and what's going on and the revelation of, of Ezra and him tapping into the dark side I mean you talk about giving you chills that is a scene right there that did it and a standout scene probably in this whole series in this short series so far for me is, is seeing that and just i just can't it's just crazy i watched it a few times like wow and you see that like the rocks and everything around canaan as they start shaking and rising up and that takes a lot of force power and Jeez, how, how, I mean, how powerful is this kid? You know what I mean? You start to think that, like, what is his future going to be? I mean, this kid is showing some crazy stuff. He's able to tap into this giant, you know, queen-type alien, you know, sort of out of the alien, you know what I mean? This queen-type yeah. fear knock and control it just like that. It's just, wow. It's just one of those scenes where you just, like I said, even listening to it again just right now, it kind of gives you chills. So what do you, what do you think of this scene, Mike? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was uh, I was in awe uh, watching it because this this creature just 
comes up out, out from behind him and you're like oh i did not know that they got that big yeah <laughs> and exactly, it was cool because yeah. because earlier in the episode we saw we saw the fear knocks not uh, quite as i uh, i rambunctious as they were the last time we encountered them right so mm-hmm. we saw them sort of standing and sitting next to one another and they were all sorts of different sizes right like they were kind of they were kind of bigger ones and little smaller ones and there's blue ones and brown ones um <clears throat> and then you get this big one that is clearly like you said kind of like the queen um and it it's it's definitely more fearsome looking than the other ones so right it was uh it was a cool moment. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really. Cool it was a moment, see. right? Yeah, it's, it's a good way to put it. And <clears throat> and, and kind of like in, in the beginning of this, you also see the Inquisitor. He arrives and he, as he comes up, there's a great shot of Kanan and Ezra <laughs> kneeling. Their eyes are closed. You know, study. You know, uh, just using the Force to have this line of, of Fearnox ready to uh, to attack. Another another great visual. But it's just that you know, just and to hear Kanan. Uh, like you can almost hear like the pain in his voice when he says, you know, he's he's, he's laying there. And he's like, no, he can he can just see like, oh my gosh, you know, look at look at what could happen to this kid. This kid's already tapping into the dark side, and he, he's yeah. he's like a little scared. I think uh, Kanan is like, wow, I didn't know this kid was was that powerful. So. Uh, just like a standout, really standout scene. I just love that scene. Uh, Mike, you want to finish it up? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Okay, so uh, finally, Kanan makes his way to Ezra. Ezra has no memory of what's transpired. I feel so cold, he tells his master. Kanan picks up his apprentice, and they escape to the Phantom. Upon takeoff, they blast the Imperial shuttle, stranding the Inquisitor. Kanan tells Ezra that if your will isn't strong enough when you open yourself to the Force, you become vulnerable to the dark side. His anger and fear caused the Fearnock to attack. Kanan apologizes for not teaching Ezra what he needed to know. The Phantom reconnects with the Ghost and Ezra solemnly retreats to the gunport. Sabine enters, delivering him a hollow disc from his childhood home. It has a photo of his family. Happy birthday, Ezra Bridger, she says. I saved us? You did. But something doesn't feel right. If your will isn't strong enough when you open yourself to the Force, you become vulnerable to the dark side. I was trying to protect you. I know, but your anger and fear caused that giant creature to attack. I don't remember it. (sighs) That's for the best. Your powers are growing so quickly you weren't prepared. I didn't teach you what you needed to know. I'm sorry. says it Mike he, um, he's telling Ezra right there you know like hey your powers are going so quick that you know I'm not even able to catch up to, to your training like I can't even train you fast enough to to keep up with what uh, what you're able to do you know and he talks about mm-hmm. the anger and the fear that he was able to to make that giant fear knock uh, come up and uh, and you know what's funny too is he talks about feeling cold and when was the last time we heard that it was was Luke right uh, coming from the cave or going actually no going in was it going into the cave he uh, when did Luke say he was feeling cold he goes I feel cold uh, but that's what it reminded me of is that that mm-hmm. Luke saying about feeling cold and, and tapping into that dark area so 
Right, nice way to, to end this particular two-parter. Uh, like I said, probably one of the finest scenes I've seen so far in a short season was that one with Ezra and, and his power. So uh, what do yeah. you think of this first half, Mike? Yeah, I mean, the first half of the season has been... Uh, it's good. It's been incredible, right? I mean, yeah. it's definitely met my expectations. I, I, I think, uh, I think it's safe to say that that Rebels is going to be pretty good yeah. moving forward. There's a lot, uh, a lot to go on so far. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where all of this is going. I mean, we're, we're clearly, sort of like planting the seeds, like I said earlier in the episode, um, and, uh, and, and we can look forward to sort of all of that that coming to fruition yeah uh later later in the season and and even further on beyond that so yeah this is the first eight episodes i can't wait to see what they do yeah. in the second half and yeah and to to see how what the clones was in season one and when it ended up in season five and, and this is starting out so good wow yeah, yeah. work working that go so it's pretty exciting uh mike we got some uh, a facebook notification uh you want to check uh, take that one yeah, sure. Uh, this is from Christian uh, Ar- Arau- Ar- Arroyo. Ar- Arroyo. Arroyo. Okay, that. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I have a theory that combines rumors uh, we've heard. Uh, sorry, the rumors and the uh, from the Rebels episode breaking ranks, and I want to hear what Mike and Matt have to say. So I guess I'll say potential spoilers for episode seven. Uh, in the episode that we uh, in the episode we learned that the Inquisitor has been taking certain trainees that meet these special requirements. I think this might link to the rumors that there might be multiple Inquisitor or Dark Jedi in Episode Seven, working for some Sith influence. Now I don't know how they would explain them being around in the original trilogy, but I trust they would figure out how to explain that. Anyway, I love the show. Would love to hear y'all's thoughts. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that it's entirely possible that we will be getting uh, Inquisitors or Dark Jedi or some sort of connection to to the character of the Inquisitor. Um, maybe a connection to, uh, to, to the Emperor's Hand or something like that, right? Um, right, right. That sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that... At least in this Rebel series, I think that's going yeah. to be one of the key points. Is and we've kind of talked about this. Is what you know? Why is the Inquisitor? Why is the Empire holding uh, talented, quote unquote, kids and and or, or even adults? I guess maybe. But they're looking for kids, like we saw in that one episode, the Breaking Ranks, where they're trying to uh, find out. Yeah. who's the best of these stormtroopers and they say anybody that shows really special talent make sure you bring them aside I'll come pick them up so we know that the Inquisitor has um, some kids in his in his uh, you know wherever he has them we don't know yet and even um, who's the character that I talked about last week that might have a I think it's Boyega's character um, uh, the the black kid that was the stormtrooper yeah um, uh, Zara yeah, yeah and, you know like his sister is has been he thinks has been taken by the Inquisitor because she has she had special really special talents and it was really standout so that's going to be one of those plot points that's going to be fun to figure out or, or find out is what does the Empire have planned with, with these um, force sensitive children you know what are they turning them into Inquisitors I don't know we'll see but mm-hmm. uh, how does that work in episode 7 I don't know. I think we might see. Can we see the Inquisitor or Inquisitor type in Episode Seven? Sure, I, I think so. I mean, they talk yeah. about 
you know, the spoilers again about how this bad guy could be uh, some kind of a dark Jedi or something like that. So, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see the Inquisitor himself. No, but I no. do think that there might be some sort of connection to the Inquisitor or uh, sort of his uh, his his kind uh, in, right. in episode seven. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So. No, good stuff, man. Good stuff from Christian. Uh, he's uh, He actually just uh, joined the group uh, a few days ago, maybe a week ago, and he's already mm-hmm. posted on there. So good stuff, Christian. Keep it coming. Thanks for uh, liking us. And, and uh, he had some nice thought, or sentiments about the show, too, so we appreciate that. Uh, and do like Christian did, folks, if you guys want to have any questions or any comments you think about the show, don't, don't hesitate to put them on Facebook or email them to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So... Uh, next time on Star Wars Rebels, Mike's, uh, Mike will be back in January, and we're going to be talking about the episode entitled Path of the Jedi, and here's a quick clip. So, did you take this test at my age? It was different for me, Ezra. Everything was different back then. All that remains now is the Force. And only my connection to the Force can lead me to the temple. <laughs> he can be taught. There's a massive stone with a tunnel, I think, and a bright star inside of it. And it's right here on Lothal. You sure? I can't give you the coordinates, but I can direct us there. I know I can. There you go, Mike. This is coming in January, and it looks like that they're picking up almost from what the clip would look like that they're picking up right where we left off here they're in the mm-hmm. it looks like they're in the phantom maybe uh going over some some stuff and ezra's again showing showing some of his power being able to tap into the force and, and find this temple so that's going to be f- interesting to find out uh, what is the path of the jedi for the rebels here so that's going to do it for this year mike for star wars rebels yeah, uh, that's it for us, and uh, uh, we will, you know, I, I will still be around. I think oh, over the over the break, we got quite a few weeks actually. It's it's kind of like five, maybe even six weeks until we got to be back. So I, yeah. you know, you might hear from us between now and then. Maybe we'll do uh, uh, an episode to talk about that Force Awakens trailer, yeah, or sure. something of the sort. Um, so you can look forward to something like that in the near future. But, uh, but yeah, until then, keep your eyes on uh, rebelspodcast.com where you can stay up to date with all the latest and greatest Star Wars Rebels news. Thanks to Tim, uh, who posts over there for us. Uh, and you can, also, uh, you can also get in touch with us via our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast or on Twitter, uh, Twitter, uh, it's at Rebels Podcast. Um, you can also send us uh, emails, uh, rebelspodcast at gmail.com is our email address. We love hearing from you guys, uh, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, email, whatever. Uh, we just like to hear what you guys think mm-hmm. uh, and what your theories are. There's lots to speculate over the course of the next few weeks. So, uh, so, so you know, shoot, your, shoot us your emails and maybe we'll do a mailbag or something. Something like that that'd as be well. fun yeah definitely. Um, 
Cool. So uh, that does it for yeah. us this week. And we will catch you guys on the next episode, whenever that is. But uh, if not, then we will see you in 2015 for Path of the Jedi. Yes. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Mm-hmm.